You know what your problem is, Joe? You've been asleep too long. I've been up. It's time to wake up. For three hours. Oh no, I've been talking about uh I'm talking about getting woke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Preacher, I don't think my opinions are accepted anywhere. I'm too left for the rights, and I'm too right for the lefts. And I don't know how I feel about share. Preacher, can I be honest and say I don't think anything is really settled? Or if I say that and anyone hears it, am I definitely canceled? You've been well, up for three hours? We're not as woke as you as you think we are. Not as think as you woke I am. Um <laughs> you, That's a good throwback joke. <laughs> you've been awake for three hours doing what? I don't know. Seek not my haunches. Seeking the Lord. Yeah. Oh god, I hate it. I hate it when I sit on my haunches. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah, they fall asleep. You have that tingly thing. <laughs> Your haunches? Wait a second. <laughs> What are your haunches? <laughs> I don't know, man. Your haunches, haunches fall asleep and get tingly? That's, that's your your hindquarters. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> why are you driving to what North are we Car- talking about? Why are you driving to North Carolina today? We're I'm so I've been doing this. Um, well, before you say that, I feel like I should just make sure I could tie together the the jokes at the beginning. <laughs> that we're, today we're going to talk about all the stuff that we're not supposed to talk about. We're going to talk yeah. about how we're not quite as woke as maybe people think that that we are. But we'll can, get around to that in a minute. Well, can I just before I tell you why I'm driving to North Carolina, I want to make a confession. I am scared shitless to record this podcast today. Oh yeah, like I just. Is that because Look, I'm I mean, the we, one who does the editing? Because <laughs> I'm not worried yeah. at all. <laughs> you know, we've done a lot. Like, I I guess my mom now knows that I don't believe in God and that I do believe in abortion. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you know, that was this. We've had some rough confessions <laughs> on this yeah. podcast, but. <sighs> Today, we're going to talk about... But this is the dangerous one, today. Yeah, right. Because everything else that we've gotten in trouble for, we've gotten in trouble with conservative friends and people with people and that family. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they're like, you've gone too woke. Um, maybe. maybe they probably Now we're on the chopping block with our peers. Now we're coming back around and saying, like, wait a second, wait a second. Might not yeah. be quite as woke as you think. What are you going to North Carolina for? You know, because so you're I've becoming a fundamentalist? This... <laughs> yeah, essentially. That's, really, really, <laughs> That's where I fit in. It's fitting for this <laughs> podcast episode today. Not as woke as you think yeah. we are, and Joe's on his way to North Carolina. <laughs> he's seeking refuge. As soon as this is recorded, he's got to get out of Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Get me south of the Mason-Dixon quick. <laughs> um been doing this uh, this certificate in spiritual direction and yep. it was supposed to be it's at the hayden institute in north carolina like r- right outside of Asheville. um 
and I was, was supposed to go there three times a year for the last two years, but then, you know, right after I registered, we fell into a global pandemic. So we've been online, uh, and we're finally. It's cool. I'm I'm excited because I have there are all these people that I've like come to love and respect over the last two years, like 10, 10 people or so that I've been like, have had a really close relationship with and I get to actually see them and meet them. So that's cool. Excellent. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. So you're there for, uh, how many days? Like, well, I'm going out of town this week too. Thursday to Sunday is the thing I'm driving actually to Beckley tonight. Oh yeah. Well, excellent. Uh, I'm flying to Phoenix tomorrow. Um, as soon as we finish this call today, I'm calling American Airlines and spending the rest of my day on with them because I got uh, my flight apparently got moved while I was asleep last night and now has me arriving in Phoenix at 4 a.m. on the day of my gig, <laughs> which is Uh-oh. unideal. Um right. But I got the insurance, so hey, I can just call them and say, well, screw you no. guys. I'm <laughs> not flying with you. I'll find somebody else to give me an $800 plane ticket <laughs> to Phoenix. So let's just start with like why we may feel the... I don't know if I would say I feel the need for this podcast today. I don't want to make it sound like no. I'm doing some sort of crusade to say like, okay, we got to slow down woke <laughs> culture or whatever. We got to we got to wake up woke people. Um, yeah. That's not it. it it's uh, no. it's definitely coming from a place of like, okay, I need to be kind of honest about something here. That there's a few landmines of this that I'm always dodging and trying not to step on, while also thinking, I think that's a silly landmine. Just so we're clear, I know yeah. you don't want me to say this, but I see no reason why I shouldn't say these things. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, and I feel like <clears throat> this one really came out of some off-mic conversations with us, like, where we would be talking and be like, oh, I was thinking about this the other day, and, you know, you, you say something, and you're like, but we could never say that on the podcast. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> Which is not a good And then eventually Drew was like, well... What if we just said, all, like, we just piled up all that shit and put it out on the podcast? I mean, we've already done our real confessions of, like, the craziest things that we believe. What was it, like, episode 48 or something? We had, we yes. really came out with, like, a lot of yeah of stuff that, and that one honestly, got us- I thought there would be more blowback on. Well, I mean, but- as far as I'm, like, I ended up in a lot of hot water for episode 48. Yeah. Um, I'm still kind of reeling from it. Every time somebody new discovers it, I, I hear from them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we should kind of come back around to some of that. I have some questions today. Uh, and before I get a little silly and loose with it all, I do want to say up front that some of what we're saying today is, or at least some of what I'm going to say, is partially in jest. I am going to sort of, I'm, I'm poking the bear for, with a few things here. And uh, I understand, I think, most positions uh, in, in, on both sides, on, on conservative and liberal sides, on progressive and uh, fundamental sides of things. I, I understand at least somewhat why people hold the positions they hold and think the way they do. Um, 
but I feel like it's it's kind of a bummer that we always have to be sort of on eggshells with our peers, with the people on our side um, of, of these issues. And so there are a few things today where I'm going to kind of, you know, maybe be like, I don't know what we're what we're doing here, what our goal is here when I'm like, I, I do know what our goal is here. I just think it's important that we say sometimes we're not as clear as we think we are. <laughs> and we're not as... Speaking of which, let's just let's get into it. I feel like we're vague booking yeah, real bad here. Okay, I'm scared. <clears throat> uh, me too. Do you All know right, the show you... Woke on Hulu got canceled for not being woke enough? <laughs> That's a real fun fact. <laughs> I don't know anything about that show. I never, I've watched never even it. heard of that show. I mean, I think I tried to watch it, and it was because uh, it was Lamorne Morris who plays uh, Winnie the Bish on New Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had a show called Woke, and. Uh, yeah, it basically got canceled because it was just it, people were not happy that it was like taking a more center position on issues. Um, okay. Yeah, so they got woke. They got canceled for not being woke enough. <laughs> just so we know, it's possible that we could be canceled. Well, but sometimes people get canceled and their career blows up. Where were you want to start? Where do you think we should go? I I don't know. I mean. We could talk about, um, you don't know. All right. Well, I have a, how about this? Let's start here. The word woke is pretty unwoke. Uh, the way that we're using okay. it today is all it's right. pretty unwoke to be using woke to describe <laughs> all of the things that I have on this list and all of all the right, things that are on your that. list. Tell me why. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. the word was literally coined to draw attention to police brutality. It was a black American, black Americans saying, stay woke, like wake up and stay awake to police brutality. It's not the kind of thing that we should be like every once in a while saying, wait, that's happening. The idea, the the term was literally coined and began being used in the media. Pay attention. This is going on everywhere. Yes. To talk about police brutality. And then, and we're appropriating that term. It was picked up <laughs> by woke people uh, to Damn. now mean sexism, transgender issues, um, yeah, even even COVID things, which is probably my biggest beefs that I want to talk about today. Um, yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about COVID. What are you? What are you unwoke about with respect to COVID? Uh, well, I think hipsters are just being mean now. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people are using COVID to just be mean. Um I uh, How do you mean? Like well for starters, uh some of the some of the clubs that I play in are checking vaccination cards still. Um Yeah. Well, one is and one is not. One of the clubs that I play that I played at somewhat recently a much older crowd out towards the, you know, suburbs. No vaccination card necessary because no vaccination card necessary anywhere. Uh, but then there's another club in the city that's mostly young, hip type folks, and they require you to show a vaccination card. Uh, the reason that this bothers me is because, A, I would say if you're going to require a mask uh, because you're still concerned about the spread of an infectious disease, then that makes a little bit of sense still to me. So, like, I still think that. If you're requiring a vaccination card, all you're requiring is 
to see that because I've had COVID since I had my vaccination. Uh, pretty much everyone yeah. has. Like your vaccination card doesn't mean anything anymore, except that you complied with what um, left wing politicians, in particular, were really really wanting you to do, like a year and a half ago. Well, <clears throat> so okay, I don't know anything about the science of this. This doesn't bother me. Like what you're what you're saying here, I think that feels fine to me because again, I don't know about the science. I I feel like I've heard that vaccination even though you you get covid that your likelihood of transmission to other okay. people. Well, yeah, obviously you get it less. I mean, that's the big thing. You know, vaccines don't keep you from getting something. They keep you from having the like they they prep your body's immune response, but I've also I feel like I've read so that makes sense to me. It makes sense, of course you get it, but then your body's just ready for it. But you know it's not like a shield. Um, but then it might make you transmit less. I don't I I don't know the science on that. I'm just anyway. It doesn't bother me for an organization to say like. For whatever reason, right or wrong, we all think this makes us safer if we're all vaccinated, and so we're going to choose to go to a club where we know everybody's vaccinated. Like, that's the club I'm willing to go to or whatever. Um, fine. I don't I don't care about that. I'm not saying you shouldn't care about that. No, I don't no, no. care about that. Um, my... I feel I have some unwoke thoughts about COVID, too, which have to, really all of my own thoughts have to do with this um so like when when we're having the conversation about vaccines you know the problem is of course that not enough people are getting vaccinated and we really need you know a a, a large percentage of the population to be vaccinated and that's important work and uh and so in order to make people feel safe, like make people feel like they are okay getting vaccinated, what we've what is required of everybody to say out loud all the time is there's no possible side effects to the vaccine. There's like no reason ever under any circumstance that you shouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't get it, you're or if you feel afraid about it at all, you're some kind of knuckle-dragging, QAnon-believing, like, backwoods capital raider. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and it's just not true. Like, yeah. if, if you have a medication that works in any... I'm not talking about vaccines. I'm talking about any medication that does anything. Pepto-Bismol has a list of side effects. Like... If you have a medication that's actually doing something beyond a placebo effect, it has possible side effects. And I get, like, there's this philosopher um, who, he might be dead now, I'm not sure. Uh, But he taught at the University of Princeton. His name is Harry Frankfurt. And he wrote this little book called On Bullshit. Um, And it's it's a, like, analytic, philosophical analysis of bullshit. And what he says in that book is that bullshit is different from lying and it's different from being wrong. Right. If you're, 
if you're just wrong, um, you're trying to say something true yeah. and you fail. Yeah. Right? You're reaching for the truth and you fail. If you're lying, um, you're intentionally trying to obscure the truth. Right? You're trying to deceive people. Bullshit is when you say something that has no relationship what you say has no relationship to the truth value of the statement you don't care if it's true or false you're trying to do something so this is like any basically any presidential like any politician's campaign promises all bullshit right it might be true they might try to keep these they might not they don't care it has nothing right. to do and with there will be no like accountability whether it's true yeah <laughs> whether it's true After has makes no difference they're trying to get elected and they're going to say whatever they need to say to get elected i think the same thing is happening when we talk that way about vaccines, when we say, like, there's no possible side effects, there's no, you know, obviously we haven't tested these things. We can't. We had to get it out well, quickly. This, yeah. Like, you can't test the long-term side. I mean, I guess by now we've gotten to some long-term side effects. But when we first put them out, there's no way we could have tested long-term side this, effects because there was no long-term. This brings up one of the, like, probably probably the reason... That I, because I was very much for everyone getting, everyone who ever asked me was like, should you get, should I get vaccinated? What do you think? As a preacher, as a whatever, I'm like, well, yeah, unless you have some really, really compelling reason not to that you and your doctor have arrived at, then, yeah, yeah then probably you shouldn't ask me. You should ask a medical professional. And 99% of them are going to say, uh, yeah, <laughs> like you should. So you should ask. Like, if you take an aspirin every day because your doctor tells you to, then you don't, no, nobody's Googling that and saying, like, but what are the side effects? Do what do we know about aspirin? It's like, yeah, like, there's there's side effects to that. I, I was on that side all along. One of the things that I think you're, you're bringing up here is probably my largest frustration with it. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw myself out there. I th I'm going to guess that I could throw you out there, too. Uh, that I was the type of person, we were the type of family okay. that was extremely skeptical of vaccinating our children against everything that doctors ever told us to do. Like we were, we were slow about it. We ended up being the couple that was like, I don't know if we're going to do all those things. It seems like a long list. It seems like a lot of things. It seems like possible side effects. It seems like some of this is unnecessary. And so we were actually a little bit on the uh, the Jenny McCarthy side for a little while. We were on the kick of like everybody, all these people are just putting everything into their kids. They're not looking into it. They're not questioning it. Um, and that movement so quickly, to me, it looks like the same people who a few years back were questioning vaccinating their children against everything. And also, I'll, I'll also go ahead and say, I've never had a flu vaccination. It's never even crossed my mind, too. And I've always heard medical professionals say, yeah. like, you should get the flu vaccine. It helps everybody. And I say, no, thank you. Um, so I that's just a thing that I'm just, uh, again, throwing out my own hypocrisy in all of this and recognizing that I became very pro and, you know, a global pandemic, I suppose, is different, a different scenario than polio um, in the 21st century. Yeah. Well, I had I had no question about whether I wanted my kids to be vaccinated against COVID. I did. Their mom didn't. Um, and I right. did. And we had some fights about that. But I, from the very beginning, wanted them to be. And I am vaccinated and boosted and um 
all of that. Like I'm, I'm like you, I'm for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, to me, I think, I think it's a disagreement about, um, it's actually a disagreement fundamentally about how motivation works. Um, because I, I agree with the society that the biggest problem that we need to deal with right now with respect to COVID vaccines is we need to get a bunch of people vaccinated. Like, we still need more people vaccinated against COVID. That's true. And I think that because that's the primary problem, um, that a lot of folks think, well, then we can't possibly say anything that might be misinterpreted as saying that it's okay not to get it. We have to always be on message, right? We have to always mm-hmm. say there's no possible side effects. All the testing that could be done has been done. There's like, you have to do it. We have to always be on that message because that gets, that will get us to what we want to get to. That'll get us to the goal, which is Frankfurt's definitional bullshit, Right. The things right. I'm saying, it doesn't right. matter if they're true or not. I'm saying them because it's I'm trying to get get to where we all know we need to go. And I just disagree that that's how that works. Like, yeah. I think people are, I think, by and large, people are intelligent. And they definitely know when they're being bullshitted. Well, I think it backfired this time. Yeah, I think did. it did. I think it a lot of people did. A lot of the people who aren't, because you know this this is going to come across a little mean, um, but a lot of the people who aren't getting vaccinated because of like, and and this is actually like I'm not I'm not making a joke here. I'm actually saying like statistically, this is probably like a big chunk of the people who are refusing to be vaccinated because they're concerned of what it might be in this that is trying to be hidden by the government or hidden by whatever, like there's something happening here because they're telling us there's no side effects and there's no such thing as something with no side effects. They're the same people who are not bothered by the calorie numbers being on the menu at McDonald's. They're the same people who are not bothered by a surgeon general warning on their pack of cigarettes or their Jack Daniels or whatever. Like people are not really like, I don't, they're not even make, they're not making a health choice here. Right, and if we made it a health choice, I think it would have done better. I think we would have. Yeah, I do too. And I also I want to backtrack just slightly and go back to the the not vaccinating children thing and just say, uh, the point that I'm trying to make there is those who changed their tone for COVID from because I have some very conservative fundamentalist friends who refuse to vaccinate their kids for COVID. They also refuse to give them any other vaccines. And to them, I said, yeah, makes total sense. To them, I'm like, I may be frustrated if you, you know, bring polio to my children or tuberculosis or whatever it is. Like, if you bring hep A to the playground, like, that's kind of a bummer. But at the same time, I appreciate the integrity of that. I appreciate the, the consistency of that. What I am frustrated by in all of this is that it seems that that in some circles, a lot of the same people who were... Like, you shouldn't just put any kind of chemicals in your kids' bodies. Also became, except now we really want you to. <laughs> right. Um, that's, the, that's the issue that I think is, that's the bullshit at play here. Right. And not we really want you to because, like, it's not we really want you to because we know there's a risk and we're, 
we're willing to take it. Like, I think if we had said that, if we had said, look, we we know that every vaccine has side effects. We haven't been able to study the long-term side effects of this because we need this shit out right now um, because people are dying at astronomical rates. And, like, this is the best thing that we as a society think we can do to, to stop this. Yeah. Will you take this risk with us? Yeah, and just ask the fucking I think, doctor. Like, that, that's the, the thing. Like, right? Like, if the, the doctor truth? says, "Is there a risk?" Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. Like, that's what people do. That with doctors. That's what doctors All are the time. here to do. That's exactly <laughs> what they do. Yeah. They say it's okay. way worth it. Uh, so, and so, yeah, we can circle back to COVID if you want. But this, this like makes me think of, um, the other the. The, the unwoke thought that I have pretty regularly, and I have literally never spoken aloud, uh, except to Gwendolyn. She's the only person that I've ever said this to. Um, Does she think you should share about, it? No. Okay. She doesn't think we should do this episode at all. <laughs> <laughs> she's very nervous about this. Um, so far, I feel okay. Actually, so I, far, haven't even, I don't think we've crossed any lines. I think we're going to be okay. I haven't told her that we're doing this episode, but every time I share any kind of unwoke thought, she's like, I agree, but also don't ever say that out <laughs> loud. She's really worried about getting canceled. Um, <laughs> you know, but I'm a white guy, so <laughs> can't be that bad. Um, anyway, I... Okay, this is about climate change and global warming oh boy right you already feel like you're not allowed to say anything about that look i believe in it i whatever the scientists are saying about that i believe in it i think as far as i understand the majority research on this leads us to believe that the the planet is heating up at really alarming rates um i think that's true that things are Certain things are already fundamentally broken that can't be fixed. I think that's true. Uh, and that it's it's our fault. I think that's true. Um, all of that. Okay. What I don't... And, and that we can maybe make strides toward fixing it um, if we make really good and really difficult choices right now. Um, I think that's true. Here's what I don't like. What you have to say about global warming every time you talk about it is every scientist agrees that da 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 da. If you've spent any time at all, I mean, if you spent a moment in the academy, you know that there is just no such fucking thing as every person in any field agrees on anything. Yeah. Anything at all. There's there's simply, I mean, go to any academic conference. That's exactly what it is. It's If everybody agreed on something, we wouldn't have academic conferences. The whole point of them <laughs> is for people to present papers and then argue about them. Like, it would be just pointless if we were all, if, if every scientist agreed. There's no thing. There's literally no thing on which even probably the majority of scientists agree. Um. No, I mean, no, like, probably large-scale things. Like, largely do all biologists rely on the theory of evolution 
to do their work, yes. But, like, the specifics of any of it, there's just no thing on which all scientists agree. Um, that's, it's bullshit. And the only reason for saying it, again, there are, there are climate change deniers in our government um, who are doing, because they want to line their pockets with oil money and coal money, um, are lying to regular citizens and telling them that climate change is a hoax so that they will vote for them and then they can keep their lobby money from the, you know, from the fossil fuel industry. Right. I, I think that's true, but I don't think the way to fix that is to say, is, is to bullshit about what the evidence is. Yeah. Like let people know when they're being bullshitted. And that's why they, that's why they believe the bullshit that the politicians are selling them from the other side is because they know they're being bullshitted on the left. So why don't we start telling the truth and saying, look, it looks like, you know, there there's some complexity to the data, but it looks like the majority of us think that it's possibly going this way. Um, and, and that we can probably do something about it. Well, I think most people are much more inclined to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I mean, well, I don't have a whole lot to say on like actual solutions here and actually what's, what people would be willing to do. Um, I think you might be giving people a little more credit than they're due. Uh, I think most people (laughs) make decisions that affect them right now. Uh, Sure. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's a little bit chasing a a carrot on a string. Um, Well, I'm not saying more people would drive hybrids and recycle. Yeah. I'm saying that you wouldn't have as many climate change deniers philosophically people wouldn't say no no i don't believe any of that if they didn't think they were being bullshitted yeah and there's like this there's an equal and opposite reaction reactionary kind of thing that i i mean this is this is what this whole conversation is about and at some point you know here in just a minute probably we should at least bring some religious aspect into this and why it's on a religious podcast and why you know so that we're not just um talk show radio talk show radio <laughs> uh voicing this out but um you know i i have the same issues with um msnbc as i do with fox news right this is the the issue at the heart of this whole conversation here is that for some reason we think that because um extremely conservative uh far writers are saying bizarre batshit things that the only way to combat that is for us to bullshit and lie with just as bizarre and batshit things only equal and opposite right so maybe we can win like that and to suggest anything otherwise makes you sound like a centrist uh because you're not going as far left as the people on the right as going are going right and i think that's that's the real frustrating aspect of this of this whole thing. I mean, it's it's the same thing as the COVID issue. It's the same thing in climate change. It's largely the same thing in a lot of race issues and that we just kind of have this like, well, if they're being crazy, you know, this far out to the right, then we have to be crazy this far out to the left. 
and um and it puts us in a place of like i don't know it, it it's it's fundamentalist liberals uh yeah <laughs> really is what we're sort of arriving at um we've done did you have more to say on climate change no i uh, think on, that's it on that issue i there? mean that's what you're saying is exactly sort of my point about the whole thing is like we're not going to win the war with their weapons yeah we're just not we're we're not going to win it with with these weapons at all and i think that's yeah. the like the the thing that's kind of bizarre about it is that we're seeing the same kinds of behavior that's that's how i felt about the way that the vaccine cards are approached in these situations it's the way it's literally a it's the same people who said i can't believe a church won't let a gay person serve on a team but i won't let you because i can tell who you voted for by what i mean especially younger people's like, i can tell you voted for by whether or not you hold this card um and if you don't hold this card, I assume you voted for the other guy and you can't come in my club. And that, to me, is the mm. very heart of the issue that I find the most frustrating. It's not in neither one of these issues that we talked about so far. It's not the, the science of it. I'm not a scientist. Right. I don't know. I think right. it's stupid when we don't listen to them. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, you know what scientists are really good at? Like, science. So maybe <laughs> we should just, if they say, yeah, there's some like really really big deal things that are some are irreversible and some of them we think are reversible we'd like to take a shot at it we're like all right well what can we do like that's my position on climate change uh it's my position on the pandemic it's like there's some side effects there's some issues here but we're like 99 percent sure that 99 percent of people should just get a vaccine it's like all right well you're the scientist so uh, that's not what i do and you do that pretty well um but this fundamentalism is the thing that I think is is such a frustrating aspect for me. The uh, the idea that we have so many issues, uh, and I say we, I'm including myself in we, I'm not talking about a hypothetical. We have so many issues with um, fundamentalist Christians, evangelical Christians, because of the lines that they draw in the sand and the ways that they say, agree with us or get out. Um Yet we have the exact same mindset, even within deconstruction culture, even within like crisis of faith culture, maybe, maybe just as bad, um, probably worse in some ways, (laughs) because I do think that even um, the most like backwoods fundamentalist churches still do have a like, well, anybody can come in. Like, or at least there's at least some kind of, some degree of that. Anybody can come in. Uh, we'd like to know that you're working on changing, but we'll love you, we'll welcome you, we'll let you eat with us. Uh, they don't check cards at the door. So I'm, I'm saying, I think there's actually within deconstruction, within like progressive um, mindsets, there's actually a slightly more closed mind than even most of the fundamentalists I know, or most of the evangelicals I know at least, uh, are not as extreme as the deconstructed Christians uh, that I know. Mm, dude. I mean, and isn't that like, I I feel like, you know, you might hear an episode like this, which who knows if this episode will ever see the light of day. <laughs> but if it does and you're listening to it and you've listened to the show before, maybe you think like, oh, this is kind of a, whoa, this is an about face. Like these these guys are pretty um 
they're they're always coming from the left and here they are they look like a bunch of yeah like rush limbaugh listeners or whatever <laughs> but like i think that what we're really doing on this show is we're deconstructing if you want to use that word you know what we're deconstructing what we're repenting of if you like the term the great repentance that we've tried to coin is fundamentalism is dogmatism and like most of the fundamentalism and dogmatism that we grew up with was conservative christian dogmatism evangelical dogmatism and republican dogmatism right and so we mostly repent of that but you know look we now live in a culture where we also see quite a lot of and we like we really swim in the culture you and i drew um where we're also seeing a lot of liberal dogmatism and it's just as destructive it's just as like dogmatism itself is the problem yeah um and i'm pointing a finger at 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 me six months ago at me a year ago like yeah oh at yeah us like I, i'm even saying there were moments when i was so angry and i still am i, I like just i don't think this needs to be said i think our listeners know especially if they've been with us very long um but just in case anybody's checking in on this one for the first time because it looked interesting <laughs> um i i still pretty much stand in the same position on all of these uh, i don't know i sure i absolutely stand in the same position like my opinions have not changed about lgbtq rights and the way that the um that the Christian church in America, the evangelicalism in particular has, uh, oppressed and abused and race and <laughs> climate change and COVID and all that. Like I, I'm still standing in the same position, but I do look back at my own voice in this situation and in, in this, and I can see how, um, when my parents stopped listening to the podcast <laughs> around the time, I see the dogma in my voice. I see the angry fundamentalist um, only coming from the other side uh, as being like, well, what did I think I was doing there? I was, I was basically plugging my ears and saying, I'm not listening. I think the bottom line is uh, that I'm, of course, course frustrated i'm frustrated by it wherever i see it and probably the reason for this episode of this podcast is because i'm frustrated um in the ways that i've seen it in my own or heard it in my own voice on this podcast like yeah. literally just hear the moments where i look back and i say okay so that's where i let my opinions and my feelings about things become dogma and i started checking cards at the door for people and I started saying, if you don't agree with me, then I have no space for you in my life. And uh, where I have done that, I feel like I've kind of stepped into the the same territory that I find so frustrating when I see it in others. Yeah. That's what I was kind of... Okay, can we... I, did, I hadn't thought of this. I hadn't like planned on talking about this, but can we go down this road a little bit? Um there is an imbalance here that you might think of as like, like the paradox of intolerance of top paradox of tolerance, whatever it's called. 
um, which is a little bit related to like, you know, you started out by saying people checking vaccine cards at the door of a club. And I was like, well, I, I feel okay with that because it's like, if, if you're not okay with going to a club, unless you feel you, you only feel safe if you know everybody there's vaccinated. Well, like there ought to be a club out there where that can be possible, where you can, you know, and if you don't want to go to that club, like if you don't want to be vaccinated, just don't go to that club or whatever. Like, um, okay. So I'm thinking about churches, right? Uh, we, we've just been working on the hospitality statement at my church. So this is kind of in, in my mind. And like, we're really adamant about, this is a place that's safe for queer folks. Right. Um, and so that's all, all through, you know, like we've got rainbow flags plastered outside the church and that's in our hospitality statement. And like, that's important. That's an important part of our identity. Right. Um, so we really like, we want to be like, that's about, we want to be welcoming to everyone and, you know, a, a hospitable place for everybody. Um, but there is some possibly some exclusion required for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you have somebody who's just violently opposed to, um, to LGBTQ people in the church and is going to spew off hateful shit about that every Sunday and in, in like a small group gathering or something. Well, obviously like, I mean, they're probably not going to come there unless they just really are feeling antagonistic. But it's like, at some point you do have, like, in order to be inclusive, you have to make some exclusions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, You have to say, like, you can't, you can't say that shit here. Right? And I do that sometimes on, you know, on my social media pages. It'll be like, I, I have occasionally been... In, accused of like oh well you don't allow all opinions to be expressed here and you know i don't think that's true i i think that people express opinions that i disagree with yeah um and i allow that but there's a certain there's a certain place where like if i'm talking about for instance um well if i'm talking about lgbtqia plus uh, inclusion and justice. Like, I'm just not going to let you comment something shitty on that. I'm going right. to delete that immediately because I don't want to be in a position where I'm re-traumatizing, some, where I'm allowing somebody on in my space to be re-traumatized. Well, it's also, um, a, it's, it's more an issue of like diplomacy and like just rules of engagement that are being set that are like, okay, it's okay to disagree here. Uh, it's not okay to, um, to be mean like <laughs> i think yeah. that should be yeah. i think right. that's as easy as anything um to draw that line well well i don't know even if somebody in a really nice tone of voice oh okay gotcha. said said like i believe um that i believe that being gay is sinful I think I'd just delete that comment. Um, and it, it's a sincerely held belief that somebody has. It's a sincerely held belief that I once held. Yeah. Some decades ago. Um, but it's just such a harmful 
like there there's certain um certain spaces in which I would be willing to debate that right right with somebody and I would walk them through biblical texts and I would have the conversation but there are other spaces where it's important to me that people not have to be exposed it's not like it's new information I mean people the reason that I don't want people exposed to it is because they've heard that bullshit for years. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have to hear it here. Well, you're like, not. Yeah, here's you're a not place a, where you don't have to hear it. You're not saying something novel or interesting, right? Um, well, I, uh, that's interesting. It really is. That does make for like a um, an interesting aside to this because um, I see what you're saying. I definitely like. I probably held that particular belief longer uh, than I would like to admit. Like that, I. I sincerely thought that that was just true. Um, but there's kind of a, um, I wonder if the real difference here is that saying something like that is at it, at its core kind of, this could be unfair it is mean. <laughs> it It is mean to say, I have chosen to live my life this way, a certain way, right? Heterosexual, whatever. Um, and you I don't believe... don't choose your sexuality, God, Drew. And I believe that God has um, picked my way. Like, to call it sin is inherently... Like, I don't see a way... That that's not a mean thing because I mean I and this is honestly it is a been, fundamentalism. Yeah, like my um my retort anytime I any ever hear somebody say like uh, I think it's a sin for somebody to be gay. My retort honestly and for a while and it was probably the the stance of me on on the Crisis Faith podcast because it's kind of how I believe is like actually I think it's a sin for you to think that about other people. <laughs> I think yeah. Jesus never mentioned uh, LGBTQ issues at all. He did mention not judging other people for their sins, or you'd be judged by God if you did. So I think you're the one committing the sin here. Um, <laughs> that's the, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And that's well, the position that I'm no longer like very happy with in myself, even if I kind of believe it, even if that's like, or maybe I fully believe it. I think that attitude puts me in the same camp. Um, Do you see what I mean, though? Like, that's it's a caveat. It's a nuance to this conversation that I'm struggling with because there is a sense in which I'm saying that exclusionary thinking um, is is wrong. So when you say there can't possibly be any other opinion on climate change other than you know the this particular line that i'm saying that's it's untrue it's bullshit and it's manipulative yeah um and i think that's unhelpful but <laughs> there are i mean there are just issues that i'm still happy with being a fundamentalist about like i'm going to be fundamentalist about um the full full justice for and full inclusion in the life of the church for 
LGBTQIA plus folks. Like I'm just, I'm going to be a fundamentalist about that because I think that not being is dangerous. Um, I don't know. Like, and maybe that's the same thing that the climate change, like the, I'm talking about the left lean, the, the left wing fundamentalists about climate change also think that that same thing, right? They think it's dangerous if I don't be a fundamentalist about this. Yeah. Um, so because people are, you know, people are making bad choices and voting for bad politicians because they think that there's nuance here. So we have to say, no, there's only one. So I don't know. I'm like working through this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, think well, it just seems to me that what keeps happening is we're we're playing high school debate team, though, uh, when we go back and forth and we just say, like, I have to it's dangerous to not be fundamentalist about this because um, so it's dangerous to not be dogmatic and whatever. I think we just we don't realize that because I agree. I agree that not being like vocal and honest about the issues of um, conservative, you know, fundamentalist theology about LGBTQ people is is dangerous. I think that's but it's not helpful to say that. I think that's the. The tension is like to say it's it seems like it's really scary to say that it would be okay for you to have a different opinion about this um, because we're different and we have our reasons and, and maybe you arrived at them earnestly and and maybe we can just maybe the best we could possibly hope for is to teach you to not be mean uh, like like maybe that's as far as we could get. Um so I think instead we kind of like the woke position is to sort of say like, well, we have to just be pissed off all the time at anybody who disagrees. And I, so the issue is like, well, but is that helpful? Does that move anything forward? Does that change anything? And the answer I think is not only the answer is not no. I wouldn't say no, it doesn't change anything. I would say, I think it makes it worse. <laughs> That's the concern. The issue yeah. is not like you're not, helping the conversation i'm saying i think it makes it worse when we double down on fundamentalism at the other end you don't make people on the far right less far right you make them yeah. go further right right you you make them go further away and get more dogmatic and say we yeah i'm sitting here thinking through this still trying to work through this paradox that i've been talking about and um I think, you know, so uh, on on the issue of still of uh, like LGBTQ Christians, when I first, you know, I used to think that's impossible and that's a sin and all that, and I repent of that. Um, but when I first changed my mind about that, um, what I did was try to get every passage of the Bible to read the way that I wanted it to read, right? Everything in the Bible that seemed, I, I had a way of explaining it away and, um, you know, making it fit my side. And I also, even, even the scientific data, I think, you know, baby, you were born this way. And I was like, yeah, there's no, it's just, there's no question about that. There's no nurture involved here. It's all nature. Like there's a gay gene somewhere. Um, so 
I was I was once a fundamentalist of exclusion and then I became a fundamentalist of inclusion um and I think I actually have softened on that uh and in in this way I'm still a fundamentalist of about like yes queer folks like I I will at all costs seek their justice in the world and their full inclusion in every level of ministry in the church um but like does the Bible support that? Not always, right? Paul yeah. was Paul said homophobic shit and he meant it. He meant to say homophobic shit. He he was he was homophobic. And so like okay. I disagree with Paul there and I like and you know, there's some stuff in the Hebrew Bible that is of course is not equivalent to talking about like you know your cousin brian and his husband of 20 years and like right. monogamous that kind of it's not the same thing but still like the m- most straightforward reading of some things in the bible would lead you to think that the same sex sex is evil and icky um and the, the bible's wrong about that it was an ancient yeah. culture and like it had it had ancient primitive beliefs fine so like but the the thing is that's different is i can now admit that data right i can i'm not gonna bullshit about what the stuff says mm-hmm. i'm gonna say here's what it actually says as a scholar of the bible here's what i think it actually says and and i think it's wrong and i don't know anything about the science like i'm not you know i i my guess is knowing what i do know about everything about human beings is that there's some combination of nurture and nature right that leads to people's sexuality and gender identity right i don't know that because i'm not a scientist but i'm i'm not going to be a fundamentalist about the data i will be a fundamentalist about love yeah and i think that's that's the thing like i'm not a fundament i'm not going to be a fundamentalist about climate change data but i'm still going to do everything I can. Like, I still think that the the best position is to say, let's be advocates for the planet. Um, even if I'm unwilling to be a fundamentalist about the data. And I think that's, that's the line that I'm, that I'm trying to sort of work out here. That's great. Yeah. Um, that's such an interesting, like, I don't know if this is the best way to drive this conversation, but I feel like it should go here uh, just because, again, this is a religious podcast. <laughs> um, so I, I want to say and I kind of I kind of hinted at this maybe a little bit in the previous episode when I was talking about, like, is there a way to be culturally and evangelical while also distancing yourself from these things in the way that Jewish people and Catholic people? And I kind of so it, it the fact that this conversation circled back to that because I'm I hated that I missed an opportunity to say um, that, uh, and I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be, to sound like a first century Western anti-Semitic Christian uh, here by saying this, but there isn't really space for inclusion in uh, the Hebrew Bible. Like there's not, there's not a, um, an affirmation of LGBTQ rights anywhere in anywhere in any of the scriptures, really. There's an ethic of love and an ethic of bl- 
blessing, an ethic of, of like blessing all people and all people are good that I think you can read into it. But fundamentally in the text, you'd be hard pressed to find. Now, I do want to say on the other end of that, you'd be pretty hard pressed to find anything that advocates and affirms the kind of marriage that I'm in. Also, yeah. right? Like right. that's not in there either. There's no, there's no yeah. like purity culture vows followed by let's get married at the age of twenty, um, and then be married for like sixty years after that, and and maybe start having children ten years after we got married. And like that's not that's not affirmed in the Bible. That's not laid out at all. If anything, right. it may actually be uh, against the teaching of the New Testament. Uh, uh, what's the apocalyptic rabbis like that's yeah, they would right. have advised against that they would have said no don't do paul said no don't do that jesus basically modeled no don't do that and also you know as we talked about in another episode said actually never look at anybody wanting to bone them like don't do that that's his that's <laughs> jesus's <laughs> position so right. i'm just saying the bible is never like we can't wake up the Bible. <laughs> we can't woke it. Uh, and, and I tried too. I also did that. But I think what is so interesting to me and what I, what I respect so much in um, most of what I see in modern Judaism is a willingness to continue embracing traditions and embracing the text and embracing uh, nowhere in it are they ever going to be able to say, see, it's okay to be married. But also... Every Jewish person I know thinks that full inclusion is good. Right. Like that's right. that's the that's the odd thing that I wish evangelicalism evangelicalism could get a little more on board with and just kind of say the whole thing is kind of bullshit and really this whole love the sinner hate the sin thing that we're doing is is so stupid and we should actually just love. Like we should be fundamental I don't know. I, I heard somebody say the other day, I wish I had written down exactly what they said because it was just so, prof- it was so simple and profound. But basically it was this theologian and she just said something to the effect of, it would be interesting to see if fundamentalists became fundamental uh, about the ethic of Jesus. It was just something like that, like living, treating people the way they think Jesus would have them treat people. If they became fundamental about that, and it was just such an incredibly profound and powerful thing to hear out loud, especially in the context of the conversation they were having. Uh, it was exactly the thing that I feel like I've just wanted so long. And what I thought I was doing as a pastor, what, why I thought and, and why I still participate with evangelical churches now, like why I like said I'm not going to do that anymore. And then six months later was like, maybe I might, though. I mean... Because I think there are a lot of people here who still lean to that, who still kind of like are saying, we think this is about loving people. Uh, we're not sure, because every time we turn on the TV and hear Christians talk, that's seems like they think it's about something else. <laughs> um, they're, they're usually upset about something other than whether or not people are being loved fully. Um as they are and accepted exactly as they are, but we think it's about that. And I, you know, I, f- I feel like I do keep finding more and more people. And I feel like as a, 
as a pastor, the greatest ministry that I felt like I ever had was the ability to give people permission to do that. Yeah. Was like, was like sitting in the seat of authority and saying, yeah, it's okay to just love people. It was like, but who do we need to judge? Fucking nobody. Like you, you don't, that's never your responsibility. I promise you. And I, you know, like I know, I don't know what happens when you die, but I'm like, (laughs) I promise you there will not be a moment where you stand before God at the end of your life and he says, why did you accept LGBTQ people into your home? Why did you, like, why did you buy them Christmas presents as a couple? Why did you acknowledge that they were married? Why did you do that? Like, that's such a bizarre and crazy thing that, like, if you chase it all down, if you take evangelical beliefs and chase them down to their logical conclusion, you have to arrive at a place where you're like, God's going to be mad that you were nice to people right right <laughs> preacher i don't think my opinions are accepted anywhere i'm too left for the rights and i'm too right for the lefts and i don't know how i feel about share preacher can i be honest and say i don't think anything is really settled or if i say that and anyone hears it Am I definitely canceled? I'm going to, like, this is, stu- I, I don't think we should use this on the podcast, one, because we've already, we're already over an hour, and yeah. two, because I literally, like, this is so carefully worded that I, I'm going to read yeah. a Facebook post that I made several months ago Okay. Um, and didn't post because I was too afraid to post it because it's a little unwoke. <laughs> um, but I wrote it I wrote it all out and it's long. So I'm going to read and I don't think we should use it, but here it is. Um All right, here we go. So the Texas legislature has us all talking about abortion again. I was criticized recently for not weighing in on this conversation as someone who has an audience among evangelical Christians who are, of course, the most ardent supporters of the state's ban on most abortions. Part of me thought the criticism was funny, because if you think I have an audience with evangelical Christians, you either don't know my work that well or you don't know evangelical Christians that well. But still, uh, it led me to reflect on why I have not felt compelled to say anything. Longtime listeners to my podcast, that's you guys, will know that we did discuss the history of evangelicalism's pro-life stance at some length in an episode devoted to that topic. Uh, But this was some time ago, and perhaps it's worth revisiting. At least part of the reason I have not addressed the question of abortion here on Facebook, because this was written for Facebook, uh, is that I think it might be too complex a moral issue to be discussed in any meaningful way in that medium. I recognize, with some irony, that that alone is enough to make this a controversial statement. Many will balk at any suggestion of complexity or nuance in how we discuss, discuss abortion. We want sound bites. Literally, it's culturally taboo just to suggest that abortion might be a complex moral issue. Don't believe me? Try it. I will get angry comments from both right and left simply for suggesting that it's a complex moral issue. Some people will unfollow me today for reasons both right and left for suggesting that abortion is a complex moral issue. On the face of it, this sounds incredibly ignorant and small-minded, doesn't it? 
Abortion is an ancient moral question that involves everything from the meaning of personhood to the extent of moral agency, and people get angry at the suggestion that it's more complex than can be summed up in a meme. And yet, I totally get why that's an upsetting suggestion. The stakes are so damn high that nobody really cares if what we say is true or nuanced in any way, so long as it is perceived in moving the conversation forward, whichever direction you think that is, or at least signals the right virtues. And any attempt to problematize the slogans or even recognize the complexity is seen as giving ammunition to the bad guys. Most of our cultural speech about abortion is in the analytic philosopher Harry Frankfurt's technical use of the term, bullshit. That is, the truth value of our statements is irrelevant. We only care what our statements do. Another reason that I've been reluctant to weigh in on this most recent round of abortion debates is that often when men say stupid shit about what women should be allowed to do with their bodies, many feminists reply that if you don't have a uterus, you don't have the right to an opinion. There's something absolutely right about this sentiment. Men can walk away from a pregnancy with no consequence whatsoever. The idea that men could in turn force women to carry a pregnancy to term at great personal cost is obscene. And yet, it simply isn't the case that some that someone not directly affected by an issue cannot have cogent thoughts or valid feelings about it. Nor is it the case that men are unaffected by abortion. It is the case that people disproportionately affected by an issue should have their voices centered, but that's already more nuanced than a soundbite culture will allow for. Minimally, I think that if you say men shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion about abortion when you suspect that their opinion will disagree with yours, then you can't also expect men to show up in support of your cause when they do agree with you. That last statement will sound to many of my friends, regardless of gender, that it came straight out of Fox News or QAnon, because it seems, but it seems to me just logical. And the fact that a statement like that is so very offensive sort of proves my point about the extent to which we are all committed to not saying anything true in this conversation, but only saying what is useful. And yet, as much as I believe the above statement is true, saying, saying it feels like a cop-out, a way to, to dismiss myself from the moral responsibility of speaking to questions that people I talk to wrestle with. Another reason I don't go around sharing abortion memes on social media is that as much as our speech about this issue is supposed to be useful, it isn't. Most often, all we're doing is shoring up our bases and reifying our positions collecting likes from people who agree with us and angry comments from those who don't to wear as badges of honor. If what you're interested in is political utility, invest your efforts in voter suppression, disability rights, or other issues where information can still change minds. And yet, I changed my mind about abortion. I began my political life as a single-issue anti-abortion voter. I come from a people of single-issue anti-abortion voters. And now, I vote almost exclusively for pro-choice candidates. Primarily, this is because there are a hundred other issues that I'm more concerned about. But also, because I've come to believe that abortion, that abortion rights is a complex moral issue, and that reducing the number of abortions is a complex socio-political process. 
I didn't change my mind through internet memes, but through hundreds of hours of conversation. All of that was a reflection on why I don't say much about abortion on social media, but here's what I will say about it. Some people want to talk about being pro-life, but they're hawkish on Afghanistan, advocates of capital punishment, and if you bring up pervasive killing of black people by police, they deflect with some rant about property damage, or more likely, about abortion. That's not pro-life, that's pro-birth. If you want to call yourself pro-life, you need to develop a more consistent pro-life ethic than just opposing abortion. Some people want to talk about being pro-life, but are unwilling to invest in health care, education, or entitlement benefits for those kids once they're born. That's not pro-life, that's anti-abortion. If you want to call yourself pro-life, you've got to start caring about life outside the womb. The fact that the solution for pro-life camp doesn't include really obvious things like paid maternity leave, subsidized daycare, and increase in WIC benefits makes it look like the goal is not reducing abortion rates, but controlling women's bodies. Hell, while we're on the subject, why not force vasectomies? Men can be the cause of a whole lot more pregnancies than women. I don't think that's actually the motivation for most pro-life people I know. I think that most pro-life people I know just genuinely care about babies because babies are sweet and innocent, and supporting abortion bans are their sincere, if ham-fisted, attempt to protect them. But I hope you understand that that's not how it appears to the rest of the world. Try saying any of that to an, to an evangelical church and let me know how it goes. And yet? The science is actually pretty straightforward. Very early on in its development, a fetus is a person in any coherent sense of the concept. Most fetuses are persons. Neither theologians, philosophers, scientists, nor bioethicists really even debate this anymore. Rather, they debate to what extent someone is responsible for keeping another human person alive. You know, what if you wound up full, uh, connected to a fully grown, unrelated adult by blood transfusion machine requiring you to keep him alive? Are you morally obligated to do so? Is it your prerogative to unplug? Those debates are all interesting and worth having. But minimally, I think we ought to be able to acknowledge that in most abortions, human life is lost, and that's really fucking sad. But try saying that to a progressive Christian church and let me know how that goes. That's the end of my rant. Good grief. You don't want to include that? I mean, we can, think, but it's so long, and I just yeah. read it off a card, you know? Yeah, yeah. 